the Minnesota Football Show, your regular dose of smart, socially aware, and occasionally snarky news and commentary about local, national, and international soccer. The Minnesota Football Show co-hosts are Bridget McDowell and Sheila Reed, produced and co-hosted by Rodrigo Sanchez Javeria and Eric Silva Renner. You can follow the Minnesota Football Show at Show on your social media platform of choice. Subscribe to and rate the Minnesota Football Show on iTunes. And welcome everyone to the Minnesota Football Show. Uh, Two of us here to start it off today. Myself, Bridget, and Eric is here with me and Bigotis. Get him involved too. Here he is. He's hanging out. He's a sleepy guy. He's he's staying out of camera sight right and now. He's he's like twice the size he was last time I really saw him. Which which still makes him incredibly tiny, but yes, that's it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Relatively speaking. Fifteen pounds of fury. Hence <laughs> jumping you, squirrel chasing fury. Yes. Um <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Uh it was a crazy week, but kind of getting things together this weekend and uh Weather's not too bad. There's light, kind of. Um, yeah, oh, the usual. How about you? Yeah, I, I'd say kind of the usual, just lots of studying. And I, I, I blew my ski day once again yesterday, but the rest of the fam is out. So they're getting theirs in today. Uh, it, it's trickier, though. Like we, we talked about last time with this weather and the slop and the, the yeah. freeze melt, freeze melt. So, like, you know, any natural trail is just aren't going to happen so we got to drive a little farther for the the ones that actually make snow you know but uh yeah i don't know nice not but we, we got a lot of things to talk about and so i think we're just gonna jump right in we'll see if rodrigo makes it or not um i'm, I'm gonna be in and out for starting probably next week for a little over a month so it's, it's only fair if you know <laughs> people can't people can't make you're, you're gonna be the constant bridget you're like you're you're holding this thing together I'll try. Um, I'll try. I'm gonna start we'll with you. Uh, you you have a very exciting uh, new journalistic endeavor. Um, we we kind of talked about what happened with uh, with uh, uh, help me out. Um, Vax and SB Nation. Thank you, thank you. I was gonna say yes. Yeah. yeah. So we didn't know what was gonna happen. You didn't know what was gonna happen. You guys have been working through it and. Got some uh, got some news here, so I'll just let you take it away and let the yeah, people know what's so up. We've rebranded E Pluribus Lunum to Northland Soccer Journal, which soon in the next probably uh, 12 or 24 hours, uh, as we're recording this, um, will be up at northlandsoccer.com. Uh, all the same crew as EPL. Uh, Spiffy new logo, switched up the website a little bit. Um, yeah, I like it. Uh, we'll uh, have a, maybe a more browsable platform. You won't have to deal with all of the ads like with the Vox site. Mm-hmm. Um, we do also have a Patreon set up uh, if you want to contribute because um, at the moment we have no funding and we're doing it without funding it's it's fine like we're we're kind of done with that but mm-hmm. um if you're interested in supporting at all uh hop on patreon at northland soccer journal and 
kind of help us out, help us uh, expand that coverage a little bit. Like I said, same crew. Um, we'll try to get to some more road games and uh, a little bit more expansive coverage this season. Excellent. So, yeah, we'll yeah. put those uh, links in the notes too so you can get to the website and the Patreon. But definitely support Bridget and all the other awesome writers because uh, it would have been a, a travesty for that to just disappear. So I'm glad you guys are able to work things out and yeah. put this thing together. Glad we were cool. able to keep everyone together for it. And we've yes. got uh, our three photographers are back, Seth, Seth Stefan Hagen, Tim McLaughlin, and uh, Michael Lake, uh, who joined us last season. And then myself, Ashley, and Alan Venwick are writing. Um, Alan's kind of taking the charge on, on Minnesota United coverage. I'm uh, at least for the beginning of this season, kind of sitting back and focusing on the editing and keeping things together. But um, yeah, so we'll have first team coverage, second team coverage, and again, hopefully some more uh, road games and other events um, between Very cool. all of us. So yeah. Para beans, para Congratulations. That's, that's good you. stuff. Um, let's go to, we're going to do uh, a few versions of kit talk here in this, in this particular podcast, in this episode, let's begin with Minneapolis city. We've got their new 2023 kit out birds of a feather <laughs> kind of simple, but, uh, you know, as they do, it's, it's still really cool. It pops with, you know, just the one single crow feather, um, shout yeah. out to, uh, Pence homes who are the sponsors. They got a nice, nice chest shot, right between the feather essentially on top of the feather um yeah. have supported this podcast as well when we did the uh the thing with the daves um i don't know it looks good it's sharp simple clean what do you think bridget yeah i like that they brought the the collar back and the the henley button um i think that works really well on the uh lakes kit that they did mm-hmm. the, the special run last year um so yeah it's it's different it's still I know the wing kit was really popular last yeah, year. I got one of those. With the full, like the full side. Um, you can still find a couple of those still pop up on classic football shirts. That was the one that they released that, I think, before the like the deep pandemic hit. And that's where they got yep. all their sales, I think, before they even wore it for a match. Like it took a full year before yeah. they actually wore it for yeah. a match. So I actually had it for like two years before I saw it on the field, which is yeah. pretty wild. That, yeah, so it's, you know, back to back to voting for shirts that you're going to see within a few months. And uh, right. yeah, I like this one. Cool. Well, let's jump to the next one. Uh, Minnesota United re- released theirs as well. Um, what do they call us? Northern Lights? Something like that? Yep. yep. It's, I don't know. It, it's it's not bad. Like, I think just because of the reactions we put on social media, it's like, oh, Minnesota football show hating on it. And I know the Daves were kind of with us as well. And honestly, I don't. I don't hate it. Like, it's not bad. I think the issue is when you have other clubs that do say like a Bruce Lee kit, which we'll talk about in a second, it just knocks it so far down that it just, you know, it's, it's, it's a mediocre, like C plus. <laughs> I, and I like how you, in the show notes here, Eric has just written meh. Meh. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, I think it's different. And and it's a bit more effort than we've seen from Adidas and Minnesota kits in quite some time. Yeah. Um, other than bringing back the wing, like this is the first time that they've really, uh, I mean, the river kit's cool, but like it's blue. That's, that's the river kit. 
right? Yeah, or the, or the um, white one, whatever they called that. That was just the like drift. This, yeah, the worst. Drift like, kit, come yeah. on. I mean, so like in this picture of it hanging in the store, like it's between the black home shirt, which is a plain black shirt with blue stripes, and a a blue goalie kit, which has those like tire tread marks on it and is otherwise pretty boring. I mean, it's it's going to be the away shirt. I I think together with the white shorts and then the socks with the, I think they have the blue piping on those. I think mm-hmm. it'll look nice and clean on, on the pitch. Um, and it is the away shirt. It'll look nice on a broadcast as well, which I have a feeling is maybe partly why they really threw a bit more effort into all of these designs this season. Yeah. Um, because you will be showing them off on a streaming service that is available internationally. Um, so I think it'll look clean on, on TV. I mean, there've been plenty of times with the the river kit where players kind of blend into the field and, uh, between the camera work and shadows and whatever, but I think this one will work. I mean, I understand the criticism saying that like, it looks like Microsoft's paint, like, (laughs) Thank you, like Zeller. froze and glitched yeah, halfway through um, or the uh, like the printer cartridges failed um, <laughs> I get exploded like, yeah <laughs> and like I get it because it is if you look at the back you That's just see cool. a little bit of the color on the shoulders and then the rest of the back is just white uh, but I mean it's one of the better ones I'm not going to go drop $195 for the really what they're charging. Yes. For? That's what the authentics cost this year. No. And most of the replicas, most of the replicas dull the design down so much that it's like a totally different shirt. So, um, wow. That's gross. Yeah. But I mean, it's, it's not just a black t-shirt with the logo on it or just a white shirt with a couple little squiggly lines that, make you think it's a snowdrift it's yeah where they say no 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 look there's there's stuff in there well yeah there's stuff in there if your face your face is on the material you can see it (laughs) in just the right light yeah i mean it's it's not a plain white t-shirt it's not a plain blue t-shirt it's got a little pop of color i mean yeah i think it'll work and we're not going to see it all that often honestly so well, let's move on to the next one because honestly, like I said, if if this other kit and a few of the other ones too, because some other some of the other MLS teams really did step up. I think to your point, Bridget, knowing Apple streaming, a lot more viewing, they want to do something a little more adventurous. Um, had none of that happened, I think we would be talking about this as you know a, a pretty cool kit. But Seattle decided to be extremely badass and. Uh, and, and kick out the Bruce Lee kit, which is one of the coolest jerseys I've seen in a long time. Um, totally different colors, uh, rocking a red and yellow uh, with the dragon inlay. It's got the <laughs> Jeet Kune Do symbol on the sleeve. I mean, come on. It is spectacular. Like they clearly worked with the Bruce Lee Foundation. Um, I'm sure obviously they got the the okay to, to run through it and use the logo and it's fucking awesome. It is such a <laughs> cool kit. And, and it takes me back too, because it wasn't that long ago where I was in Seattle and I bike toured through Chinatown and I did the full, the full Bruce Lee thing. I saw his first gym. I saw the restaurant where he loved to eat after training. Um, it just so happened by coincidence that there's, there's this, uh, 
uh, Chinese American museum. They're called the Wing Wing Museum, and they had this huge Bruce Lee exhibit that just happened. Like again, you know, stars aligned, just happened to be going on. So of course, I spent like nice. six hours in there seeing all the memorabilia and writings, like first draft of Tao Kundo, all this stuff. <laughs> I mean, it was oh, just spectacular. So awesome. you know, just yeah, to see the club tap into that that history and that you know, him being this larger than life figure and, and bring it about in this way is, is triumphant is the only thing I can think of. Yeah, I agree. I think it's, it's cool sometimes when it's a totally different colorway on uh, the logos. It's similar to what we see with, with the, the third kits, which are usually just some kind of on alternate design. Um, so it's different. I like it. Um one thing I just to go back to the the loon shirt. This is the first time they've had the loon not in the crest. It's just the loon instead mm. of the full um oh, yeah. instead of the full badge. That part's kind of cool. That's a feature on a bunch of the uh other merch this season as well. Um but yeah, we're we're seeing a bit more of the teams kind of playing with those logos and and mixing it up a little bit. Uh, this is, I agree, definitely one of the best of the ones that were dropped. I think it's better done than uh, Nashville did a Johnny Cash nod. Oh, but I, it's, I saw that one. It's mostly one a black shirt. But oh, really? On the <laughs> on the back, uh, you see his. They have his autograph on the the back of the collar. Um, but yeah, it's it's mostly black with some accents on it oh kinda yeah reminded, i'm looking at it right yeah. now it's it's yeah it kind of reminds me of the kind of reminds me of the drift kit like i'm sure there's some detail if you get up close to it but otherwise it's i looked at it i thought it sounded cool and i pulled it up and it was kind of oh because it's because it's man in black man in black yeah yeah I see. <laughs> so. well all right. <laughs> so you can get well. away. You can get away with a plain black T-shirt if you make it a theme, kind of like a mm -hmm. drift kit that looks like a snowbank. Um, uh, yeah, there, there I mean, are some there's, cool ones there's some too, really like, good ones. There's some. Yeah, really. I was awesome thinking of the ones. the LAFC ones, kind of cool with the smoke. Uh, Galaxy did a throwback to the uh, like early MLS days. That's that's kind of yeah. cool. Um, uh, was it Red Bull? Yeah, Red Bull did like the looks like graffiti, like spray paint yes. almost. It's yeah. That that what I've heard. I saw comments like there was no middle ground. Like people either loved it or hated it. I think it's kind of yeah. cool. I like it. Uh, yeah. I did see someone posted it side by side with the clouds from The Simpsons. Oh, like the sky. <laughs> and they're like, I can't unsee this now. I was like, Yeah, I ah. I can actually see that. Yeah. Um, and then expansion side. Blue City comes in with uh, <laughs> probably one of the most boring ones. The Purina mm. logo front and center and just kind of like a pinstripe. Oh, yeah. And I like the I like the pinstripes. I like the pinstripe uh, baseball shirts. Um, and I think if it wasn't side by side with a lot of these other shirts that came out this year on its own, I would think it was okay um, for their yep. debut uh, their MLS debut in a fancy new stadium, uh, cream color 
pinstripe and uh, giant Purina logo is a little boring. The, the Purina <laughs> logo is is definitely distracting. It's, I, I will it's a little that. odd. Um, yeah. I did hear that like they're really good about like they let dogs into the stadium, like in oh. some of the in some of the boxes, like not just general wow. admission, okay. but um, so like that club has always worked really closely with. Uh, kind of like uh saint paul saints will do those like bring your dogs to the field day or things like that so um yeah so So, i mean with a little more context it's not bad but i was just gonna ask i I know it it seems like the teams keep these pretty close to their chest and they kind of just release them without anybody like except for you know internal staff really knowing what's happening to kind of like surprise everyone and blast it out um which i mean again good on seattle for <laughs> just completely <laughs> knocking it out of the park but i almost wonder like if if there's a little bit more communication where like say minnesota united can see what seattle's up to and be like oh crap we gotta <laughs> we gotta step it up big time next time uh because i don't you know we, we, well, we talked mean, about this a little bit off because because it's not like you know I don't want to criticize the marketing too much, but it, it's not, it's not that hard. I think I mean, people have been talking about getting a, a Prince kit of some kind for years at this point, I think shortly after he passed away, yeah. like let's do a Prince kit. Um, that's, that's been what, five years now already six, something like that. Um, uh, more. I mean, it really, Oh God, it's because, because when they were in NASL, when they were NASL, when he died that's and they right. did the warm up shirt with the, the purple loon on the back but yeah ever since that they haven't brought that back at all right uh you could do a dylan theme kind of thing i mean there's there's lots of different options but it just i don't know i know you gotta like you gotta talk to the organizations and the the trust and all that kind of stuff Uh, right and i mean there's also you're you have a certain part of your marketing team working with a marketing and design team from adidas and i'm sure there is a little bit of like um crossover where like the league and the designers obviously know what's happening with the other clubs um so there's probably like a a certain like here's the low bar that you need to cross uh and then they kind of leave it up to the interpretation of you know how all of that is communicated between the right. the marketing team and the design crew but uh yeah i mean it's it's definitely one of those things where you see the parity between uh or rather the lack thereof uh between um each of the sides uh just in one more aspect as as if we needed more aspects (laughs) um Uh, well said yeah but i mean it's it's a decent start for a new kind of a new look league right with the apple deal and we'll see maybe it'll improve a little bit uh in the next couple years True. Maybe, um, maybe the one last point. Uh, getting off the kits for a second. Uh, MNUFC did play a match in the Coachella, California thing, whatever they're calling it. Um, they lost to Vancouver. I don't even know the score. I don't know if you know Bridget, but mm, no. <laughs> I was going to tell listeners there there was rapid eye movement back and forth there, which which is usually what happens when we start this talking is, about yeah. these preseason matches. Oh, you know, it's it's weird because you sit here trying to put together a new site to cover the team, but while doing so, you forget that the team is doing things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, yeah, no, 
Uh, I do not know the score. I do know that they played the um, kind of the the third stringers uh, a couple days before against the Quakes. Uh, Didn't do so well, but it was minutes for the younger guys. Um, But yeah, that it was essentially a starting lineup against Vancouver. And that's, that's probably what we're going to see when they go to Dallas next week. So. Right. Dallas. Thank you. I actually heard this on uh, whatever the weekday thing is on NPR. They were actually covering. I was like, Oh damn. All right. NPR (laughs) talking about Minnesota United preseason. I don't know if that's happened before. Um, Okay. Well, this member drive time. They might be, uh, they might be trying to reach into a few more pockets. That's why you get the big bucks over here, Bridget. Yep. Yep. Uh, All right. She believes cup. We'll try and do this justice for Rodrigo not being here. Um, we had uh, Japan and Brazil and U.S. and Canada. These are, of course, the four teams. They're just going to rotate between the four of them over three matches here. It's moving pretty quickly. They play today. But in the first round, we had Japan and Brazil. It was a 1-0 victory to Brazil. Uh, pretty balanced match. Japan were, were very defensively stout, which I don't think will surprise anyone. Um, but it took, uh, of course, it was going to end up being, in the end, uh, Marta to Debinha. It was kind of written in the stars. And uh, this was Martha's first match back in almost a year, 10 months in a long time. She's been nursing that. Uh, I can't remember if it was her Achilles or, or something else. I mean, she, she messed something up though, for sure. And I think it was, she was very knee, emotional. It? Yeah, I think you're right. A knee. And it was also her birthday Friday. So she got to yes. celebrate that. Yeah. In Orlando with, with all her, uh, her crew there. Um, but the break is, is just beautiful. If anyone hasn't seen it, I put it up on the, on the IG uh, where Debian actually brings it down and passes it off to her. And again, this is Martha with almost a year off burns two defenders, <laughs> Megs the third with, with the cross, with the pass in a low, a low cross, and then goes right back to Debian and she buries it. It's like, you watch that and you're like, how there, there's no way this person yeah. hasn't played in <laughs> almost a year. <laughs> You would think she had just taken a little bit of time off to like rest and not yeah. rehab. Yeah, it doesn't exactly. look like she it doesn't look like she left. Um, I, I missed the match, but I caught the highlights, and that was actually most of the highlights I saw just replayed that one over it's and over great. and over it's again. Incredible. Like, yeah, and not even and not even the the goal at the end. It was just yeah. yeah. Show the goal. Just watch they just, just they just keep part. showing her turn. Yeah. Um, Solid, uh, and it'll yeah, it it'll be fun to it'll be fun to see her as she, if if this is early fitness, I mean, where is she going to be by by the time the World Cup starts? That's right, and and you know you can go back to recent past episodes and even episodes from a year or so ago. We we mm-hmm. were talking about Marta retiring, right? Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and and look at her. It's just like. You know, this we talked we talked talk about that Japanese guy that was just picked out of Portuguese <laughs> team at 51. This Mar- Marta might be on this trajectory. She might be into her 50s still rocking. So who knows? Right. Yeah, it's it's kind of <laughs> one of those things where they they say they're about to retire and then they keep working out and they're like, ah, yes. I can, I you know what, my body's still doing it. Let's go. Let's <laughs> and go. And just keeps getting better each season. Absolutely. Yeah, it's gonna be crazy. Uh, on the other end, uh, U.S. and Canada. Um, U.S. win this match. 2-0, uh, a pair of Swanson goals. She, great brace. Uh, the second one, just just a terrible, terrible back pass. I can't remember which U.S. player actually picks that pass, but 
Swanson's just hanging there like mouth of goal and it immediately gets the pass and puts it in. It's just like, you know, you, you, you can't make any kind of those mistakes with her or, or, or the rest of the, the U S team like that close and that on ball. Um, but we should talk about, I think the real story of this match wasn't even the, the goals or necessarily the final score. It was what we talked about last time that Rodrigo spent some time on with the, uh, Canadian equity payment situation. Um, you got, uh, the, the entire team basically coming out in purple, uh, kind of handmade shirts. It kind of looks like with enough is enough written on them. Uh, they, they keep them on for all the, the anthems and, and the, and the uh, warm up, as it were, and just, you know, putting it out there for everyone to see. Um, I don't, do you know, Bridget, was there any kind of solidarity from the, from the U S team? Did they do anything? They, yeah, they all, um, after warmups, they all stood at the center circle, like together. So it was like every other player was Canadian. Uh, ah, and I'm not sure cool. what, um, I'm not sure if there was just like music playing in that moment or if there was like a quick pep talk of some sort, but, um, that picture, uh, I'm sh- can't remember if I dropped it on Instagram or not, but it's out there. Um, but yeah, they, and even after the game, a lot of the interviews in the, I saw some video from the mix zone. Uh, so many of these players, you know, play together NWSL or played in college together or friends otherwise. Um, and they're all kind of like doing their interviews together, which is kind of a rare thing. Usually these national teams are pretty well, like, uh, cordoned off from each other. Um, but that was funny because it's, I mean, they, they do all of these solidarity uh, movements and messages and things, and then they go play a game and then they're right back to, right back to it. And hmm. I, I had to go like looking for the final score <laughs> the game because it, yeah, it's like, like that, somewhere it, in there, there was a match. Wasn't the, right. The 90 <laughs> minutes was not the storyline whatsoever. Right. Um, exactly. Which is which is good. That's I mean, if a team is playing under process, that's exactly how it should go. Um, so yeah, and I I think we'll see a lot more of that as well. So that's cool. Kind of the kind of the tone of the tournament at this point. Indeed. Uh, shortly today, uh, you got the next round with the U.S., Japan, and then Brazil, Canada, and then we'll have the final round. I believe it's Tuesday. So by by this time next week, we'll we'll have somebody lifting the cup. We'll know who won this thing. Um, you dropped some stuff in here, Bridget. I will throw to you for looks like we got some NWSL and Minnesota Aurora news. That was Rodrigo, who is a oh, that was Rodrigo. Wow, just, just jumping in, in. time. Just, just just dropping the stuff at the last second. All right, well, welcome. I presume that's I presume that's Nubia's contribution, but we'll let Rodrigo. <laughs> yeah yeah i just saw it magically appear like last minute I, I i just imagine this guy like in college like just cramming at the last minute like oh here i am and here's my notes let's go do it live here's my 10 page essay that's right yeah that i, that I did now Five minutes <laughs> I, just, I just printed it yeah i just i had to borrow paper from the library to go ahead and print it <laughs> perfect that's me that's me well take it away my guy it's, it's all you all right, so this section is brought to you by um, our WOSO correspondent, um, Nubia Esparza, who has been pretty busy as trying to always um, try to get us information. So in the 
uh, greatness of the She Believes Cup, which, which uh, we want to sort of talk, start talking about. Uh, Japan um, lost to Brazil one nothing, and I, I wanted to get Eric's take on, on the another we, we already covered it, but I'm, but I'm happy you? to talk about it again. Yeah, yeah. go ahead. Well, we, we just we just talked about the the brilliance that was that was Marta, um, essentially coming back after almost a year and looking like she hadn't taken any time off. Yeah, um, it looked awesome. So yeah, exactly beating so, yeah. the two Megging to Debina. I mean, yeah, they, she looks incredible. I, I I was talking to other people. I was like, Debina is gonna play until she's like sixty five and still kick ass every single time. Well, Marta too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like they're both going anyway, to be like it'll in the be, 60s. Right? It'll be the two of them as like player coaches and a bunch of 20 year olds. Like, all right, let's <laughs> let us show you how Brazil does this. Right. They're going to take much. the, you're going to take that route and they'll be like, all right, well, these kids are not doing what I want to do. Takes up the, <laughs> takes up the zip up. All right. I'm going in, guys. <laughs> <laughs> We're coming right. off the bench to rescue them. Right. Yes. Let's rescue them. That's going, that's going to be it. Um, so, uh, did you guys talk about the upcoming matches? We did. All right, good. So let's you're, just you're literally on, episode. like you, yeah, yeah, you you popped on right when you dropped your stuff. So it's yeah. it's so NWSL. All right, preseason <laughs> training continues. Sophia Smith is currently training with the Thorns as she makes way her back from injury. Um, this is interesting. NWSL is adding teams in Boston, Utah, and San Francisco Bay. Uh, those are news are broken through by friends of the Athletic. Uh, groups in Boston and the Bay Area have agreed to pay approximately fifty million each in franchise fees the most of any previous payments required to enter Holy the smokes. nwsl okay so that might be one of the reasons why our beloved Aurora couldn't come up with 50 million dollars to be able yeah to- no shit whoa <laughs> uh you find, ownership- find a majority investor and at right. the same time that has to be yeah, just million. just find yeah. just find some, somebody who's got sixty NBD. million dollars just laying anywhere, you know. Yeah, you got I got sixty mil. Let's just let's do this. Uh, another news: Utah yeah. ownerships expected to pay between two million and five million, an arrangement and agreed to a few years ago. So that's interesting. The Utah and Bay Area teams would join the league in twenty twenty four, with Boston joining at a later time. So that's some interesting news. We got some. Um, we got some other other. Let's jump to some Aurora FC news. Um, so we got the new Heartland division. We have some uh, new teams that are coming in, and I don't know if you guys saw this, but of course in the Heartland division, uh, it's Aurora, um, Green Bay, Glory, Chicago City SC, Chicago Dutch Lions, who are all returning. But the additions are RKC Soccer Club from Kenosha, Wisconsin, Rochester so. FC from uh, Rochester, Minnesota. Um, and it was new in Bavarian United from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So, road trip. Sounds like a Hold really on, fun like, road trip. So. Kenosha and Milwaukee are like, isn't Kenosha a suburb of Milwaukee? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> Here's the thing. Here's the All thing. Right, whatever. Like, had... They are like, each of those, they are like two totally different places, though. Yes, they like, are. Kenosha yeah, is so. a different world. So, yeah. People Milwaukee kind of like, grew into Kenosha. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think uh, parts of Milwaukee, um, what's the word, invaded Kenosha, and then so Kenoshans yeah. people think that they're they're Milwaukee people, and so sometimes when you run into people from Kenosha and you ask them where they're from, they say Milwaukee, but they're not actually from Milwaukee. Um, it's kind of like those of us in the uh, St. Paul suburbs who just give up on, you know. Yeah, saying I'm giving. I'm in St. Paul. <laughs> yep. <laughs> 
Yep. I live in St. Paul. Really? Where? I was like, oh, that's St. Paul? <laughs> Actually. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. So I think one of the cool things is too, just, I think, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but Rochester FC also uh, launched uh, an academy team. Uh, for, I believe so. Yeah. So yeah. for their for their women's team, so that's going to be really interesting. So it's a U19 team, I think it is. Um, that's um, cool. That's going to be cool. That's going to make Rochester less of a boring drive. Um, <laughs> When, when I go visit my in-laws or do whatever else that I need to be do. So looking forward. You know, to I've never really that's spent that much time there. I've, I've driven through, I think I've maybe eaten a dinner there or whatever, but I've, I don't really know that town very much other than, you know, everyone knows the Mayo Clinic or whatever, but I, yeah. I haven't really spent any time there. I think we did like a college visit down there when my sister was looking. So that was years ago, but um, yeah, I've, uh, I, I've been a few times, but I've been to a couple soccer tournaments there. Um, it's it's uh, it's okay. I mean, I don't know where this field will be, so there's a lot of different things that uh, I'm assuming they'll play in the college that's around there. So I would think so. And and I mean, they've it's not like a brand new team. They're just new to the the league. The new to the league, yeah. Um, so. so they've been. I'll see. You keep talking. I'm actually going to see where they do play. Yeah, so I thought that was always really interesting to come out right away with an academy team, and um, I'm really interested in see what their thought process is in that, and how who is going to be um, running that as well. Um, and I'm sure they'll have tryouts. I'm sure they'll have that interesting. But you know, that would make that would put Rochester somewhat in the map. You know, not a lot of the teams locally have have been able to do that kind of thing. So that, that's good. Yeah. Um, let's see if uh, Kenzie Langdock signed and returns to Aurora, first official signing of the year, uh, which is great. Um, I'm really excited to see what um, she literally just has stuff to do. But besides that, uh, you know, she believes Cup and some of the news that are going on around it, you know, seems to like a quiet news day from, from the NWSL world, but I'm pretty sure. Things will pick up once once we get going. So, yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens with. We we'd already talked about the solidarity with with the U.S. players and the, and the uh, Canadian players. It'll be interesting if, if the Brazilians and the Canadians do something here in a few hours. So stay tuned for that. We'll we'll take a look. Okay. At, we'll, we'll definitely cover it if something does. Yes, Bridget. So Rochester will be playing at RCTC Stadium, which is the community and technical college. Mm -hmm. Um. It's like right in the center of town there. Pretty big yeah. sports complex off oh, yeah. like Northeast up by the nature center. Um, but yeah, that'll, it'll be a good road trip and oh, maybe they'll, maybe they'll go from Rochester right into Wisconsin or right to Chicago and you can just do a full, maybe we can do a full loop. There you go. Well, no, I'm excited for the fact that, you know, um, I have family in Rochester, so like we can actually take a short road trip to be able to watch another yeah. game. I think that's the thing for me. It's like, yeah, it's like we all can go an hour. We can drive an hour. We drive an hour anyways. What's an hour right. to drive and do another yeah. game while we're visiting my in-laws at the same time? So I think I'm sure a lot of people, because there's a lot of there's a lot of commuting going on from Rochester to the Twin Cities. So I'm sure um, Aurora, whoever else plays in Rochester, will have. Um, you know, a good group of people going both ways. So, for sure. 
Well, let's take a break and uh, do some internationals here. Hi, this is Lisa Watch, and no, you must be tuning because I am definitely not blessing your ears in this podcast. Anyways, back to the Minnesota Football Show. Welcome to the second half of the Minnesota Football Show, which is the international section. And apparently, we're going to talk about a game that didn't happen. So <laughs> I don't know how this is going to work out, but take it away. Uh, yeah, so a game was or was not played yesterday um, <laughs> between... Liverpool and uh, the Oil Giants, Newcastle. Um, Liverpool wins 2-0. Lots of action in the first half. Uh, Nunes finally getting a goal. Um, Helps pad his uh, goals per shots percentage. Um, Gagpo getting another one. And a red card to Pope for Newcastle in the 22nd minute. Um, it's kind of crazy that the entire match notes, uh, until first half are 22 minutes. <laughs> That's it. That was it. That's it. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. this, this thing thought, was amazing. That no, was, it was, that was incredible. What a howler. It was also the beginning of the, um, um, Sanchez Esparza Derby. Um, so that was for officially, G decided to skip out on her futsal game, which is a big deal. And we went to the Blackheart, uh, met Corey, met Andrew up there. Um, Zeller, of course, nice. was there. Saw Bill for a second. It was, it was a nice little crowd. Um, and um, I think it was just, you know, the first 20 minutes, it was like MLS after dark in a sense. Right? <laughs> it was crazy. Like Newcastle couldn't defend. And Liverpool looked like the old Liverpool we know, right? Yeah. Passing wings. Full and it was team like, goal right from right from Allison all the way yeah. up to the net. Um, I was like, how is that? And you know, go, okay. So Yeah, um, I, I wasn't home, but I had uh, notifications up on the Liverpool app and my phone was like blowing up for 20 minutes and then there was nothing. <laughs> that was literally how <laughs> like, the game was. Like the game must like the game must be over. Why am I not getting a score? Um, yeah, just insanity for twenty minutes. And the, well, let's, the highlights let's describe to fantastic. listeners that maybe didn't see it what what happened with this keeper howler because it was a thing of ridiculous beauty. It was hilarious. Um, yeah. So, dude is way outside the box. Um, like I don't even know how like far, but almost halfway to the exactly to the center circle. Yeah. And this starts with with Allison, right? It, it came off of a a stop, wasn't it? Where he where he restarts. Yeah, he catches the ball, mm-hmm. and then he quickly just gets rid of it, and then the ball is sent to to Mo Salah. And because you know right. you're down, you're 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 down a goal. Newcastle and uh, at that point was pushing really hard. So when you push really hard and you push everybody in the box, you're gonna run into a problem where like. If there's a quick counter, you're done for in a sense, right? It can easily become a 2v1 or a 1v1 depending. And um, the fascist goalkeeper, you know, has a good foot when he punts the ball. Um, so so he was able to get there. And what I, what really like, 
like the hesitation that Pope had was probably what did him in, in a sense, right? He had a hesitation. He kind of jumped back because he was trying to head the ball, right? And Mo Salah apparently didn't want to get hit by a big six foot five guy trying to jump up and, and, and you know, head the Crazy. ball, right? So, so he kind of lets him and he misses the ball. He does not head the ball at all. And then it kind of bounces off his chest. Yeah, like it bounces off his chest and off his face. Now, at that point, he has done nothing illegal. But the ball kind of just rolls out in front of him. And as a goalkeeper, Mm -hmm. you've been trained for so many years, your reaction is to bring it back in. And that's exactly what he does. It's like, it's like Pavlovian response. Must dive. <laughs> must dive. Must bring it in. Touches the ball. Gets up. Doesn't even doesn't even question it at all. He just already starts just walking yeah, he towards just, out. He just waves at him. Like, yeah. He's like, yeah, I got uh, it. Again, I, we, we, we got to mention to listeners, he's way outside of the box. Like way midfield. <laughs> yeah, the first funny thing was that he missed the header. Um, incredible and and, and I, I just don't understand which part of, of a goalkeeping training is like you're going to run and head this ball That's like right. like if it was me it's like I'm going to go full physical and if Mo Salah survives Mo Salah survives and I get a red but at least it's worth right. it in that sense right I, I feel like there had to be some like crazy shithousery happening on the training ground uh, involving plays like this that he thought oh this might work. This is a good idea because he, because yeah, your I mean, your reflex is to to reach for it like that, but also your reflex is to not leave the box. <laughs> and mm-hmm. if you do leave the box, it's with the ball at your feet and no one around you. Uh, yeah, he got he got a little bit of a uh, little Dutch courage going to uh, totally go outside. It's the, it, I put it up on the IG listeners if you haven't seen it. Maybe I'll put it up again. It, it's it's worth seeing if you haven't seen it because it's, it's yeah, just so no, it's, it's, ridiculous. It's great. And like at that point, I'm like, literally, it's like I, was ter- I turned to G because G was celebrating. And, <laughs> and But, you know, you, you have the the five minutes of like anxiety because everything's reviewed with VAR. <laughs> yep. So they're like, oh, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? I was like, dude, if this guy does that, you know, if he only was, if Pope would only just like head, not even if he didn't hit the ball, just hit it off some part of his body and hit it out. Yeah. That's it. You know, but they were, the they were probably, they probably went to VAR because they're all just laughing so hard. They're like, did this <laughs> really happen? Let's watch it again. Did this like, really we, happen? We need five minutes to absorb this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I just, oh, incredible. Yeah. And so, like, it was, it was great at that point. And at that point, we're like, I was like, well, I was like, <laughs> that's um, it. I turned to G and I was like, well, G, this is why when someone makes a bet with you, you take it regardless of what it is because you never know what's going <laughs> to I had made a bet with G and she said no earlier, like on Friday. I said, listen, I was like, if I win, I get to take pictures with you wrapped around the Newcastle with flag. <laughs> no, she's like, don't. But if you win, you get to take pictures of me wrapped in all your LFC stuff that you got in that that everyone gave you. I said, the scarf. The, the. She goes, no, you guys are going to kill us. I was like, okay. You said no. And then halfway through when it's 2 nothing, he goes, hey, dad, I'll take you up on that bet. Yeah, that's not how it works. <laughs> I, was like, I go, that's not how it works, kid. He's like, what do you mean? I was like, the game already started. The bet 
was off. But now you know, I said. <laughs> now you know. She's like, yeah, I know. I was like, well. But it was a great time. I mean, I got heckled by everyone. Um, there was another Newcastle fan in there, which was great. Um, I think, uh, what well, well, was just... You know, people were saying, "Hey, do you think it's very slippery because of of, of all the of all the dirty oil money on and and the pitch?" And uh, I was like, "I was like, I don't know, I don't know. That's a good question. Um, maybe it's all the Chelsea or Man City tears coming from heaven that make it so wet." But you know, yeah, it was great bickering. It was great uh, in the sense of like, you know, it was one of these games that was just crazy. But the thing is, the game was really only. 20 minutes long. That's it. Right. Everything yeah. else the rest after of that it was, was just like, like yeah, whatever. Newcastle actually was like, actually hit the crossbar many a times and just couldn't get nothing in. And I, and I think, you know, I think this is a good point to kind of make as well too. This is a Liverpool team. Now that's getting back healthy players, right? Mm-hmm. Virgil van Dijk came back. Yeah. His first uh, start in mm-hmm. like two and a half you months. Got, yep. You got, um, you got, for example, um, you know, Gapko is finally playing to who it is. I mean, Darwin Nunez scored a goal. Uh, he scored a couple in the last three or four games. And, you know, where was this Darwin Nunez in the World Cup? That's what we all were asking in that <laughs> at the bar. Because uh, that would have been yeah. nice for, um, for Uruguay to be able to, Uruguay to be able to at least not have, um, you know, someone beat up the VAR machine in the last game. Um, but I think... Bridget, that, did, go ahead. Sorry, I was, I was going to ask Bridget if she wants to talk a little bit about Merseyside, too. And we're spending a lot of time on this one, but I know that was a big deal as uh, well. Um, yeah, that was, a, that was a fun game to watch. Um, another 2-0 win. Uh, some, it, it could have been more. Uh, there are plenty of really dicey moments in there, too. Um, but yeah, so secured the win, and I think that really helped going into the Newcastle game as well, uh, getting people a little bit more comfortable again and actually seeing shots go into goal. Um, Mo Salah and Gakpo both scored in those. Uh, Salah's goal was fantastic. Um, yeah, but it was... Uh, comp- if you compare, like, tactically and and like team effort between the two games. Newcastle was definitely better. Uh, We saw that team goal. Um, Things came together against Everton, but uh, easily could not have, (laughs) honestly. Um, Everton's playing for for guts and glory at this point. But uh, yeah, they're both really fun games and it's a much better uh, stretch than say the last four to six weeks yeah that's what i was gonna no. say i mean there's still a, a quarter of season not even more than a quarter of season left yep and you guys are only six points out of that uh champions league playoff so i mean that's that's two yeah. wins yep yep and i think um i think also too i think um liverpool is getting their strength back and their squad but then also i think newcastle is also keeping its open mind and the fact that they have a championship to play for with right. the Caribou final. And, um, you know, and that's probably the first championship final game that they've had in, I don't know, 80,000 million years, you know, <laughs> yeah. 
so I think that also is bearing weight on that aspect of it. Um, and hopefully we'll see, you know, that's the thing. It's like, we'll see what happens. And I mean, it's getting really interesting. I mean, Chelsea lost and that was funny. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's just, you know, Man U's doing Man U things, you know. Bashford let's let's talk a little bit more. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about uh, Marsh really quick, just because it, 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 it was a will he, won't he thing, right? On Tuesday, all thing, all the, uh, all media, we should say, were pointing to the fact that he was going to take over at Southampton, and then within I think twenty four hours to a day, it's like nope, actually not. <laughs> <laughs> Hit the brakes. So I, I don't know if that was just a leak that came out a little too early, or you know they haven't had like their formal meetings or whatever. Still unemployed at this point. Um, Still has money. Don't worry. Though, so. I was gonna say, don't worry. Yeah, he's doing fine. fine. Yes, he'll be fine. Yeah. Like, he can be unemployed for a while. Yeah. he's not. Yeah, Correct. he's not. Uh, he's not standing in the unemployment line for anything. Right. Um, in fact, that, he might be one of those fifty million dollar investors in the uh, NWSL team. Probably right. <laughs> right? He's like what? Yeah. Else? Yeah. What else? Yeah. What else am I gonna do? He's, <laughs> he he's not he's not staring into a, a blank TV and on his couch with like thirteen thirteen empty boxes of pizza in his pjs you know right he's, yeah. he's fine he's fine so we'll see where he lands i mean you know we, we we kept talking about the possibility of maybe the men's national team but i mean they got to lock that stuff up fast because clearly he made some big impressions there in, in england if, if people are were even giving him the offer or yeah having i mean it's a mix it's funny because I mean we we go back and forth talking about where he could end up or where he should end up and then to see you know uh like English fans having the same debate about an American coach like no he like he'd fit in well here he needs to go here mm-hmm. um that's something that we haven't really seen much of even when yep. yeah uh, even with the rare American coach in the Premier League um they're usually kind of the outlier uh but people yeah. are People want him, and and I think that's where that's how that Southampton rumor really got legs. Was everyone agreed and was like, yeah, that'll fit. Keep him here. Well, I, I think also Jesse is is more of a project person. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like Leeds yeah. was a project for him, right? He but he didn't get a chance to complete it, and so I think anyone who approaches Jesse is going to be have to deal with like, you know, this is my project. This is my vision. It's, it's, it's right. not a fix, you're not just gonna you're not just gonna right throw now. him in you're yep. not just gonna throw him in and be and like I think, coach I think this South, game yeah i think southampton and all the teams in the bottom are like we need to we can't think about a three-year project we, we're thinking yeah. about we need to survive today we need to survive <laughs> and then you know you, yeah. you, you survive we need like a one-year thing you there's, survive there's no long about. game for any of the like bottom 10 teams exactly so. yeah that, that'd be a good bonus too to give him a team that's not in relegation that'd be twice now that it was like here please yeah i us. mean you could you could find a project team that's still like right you know upper half but but here's the thing though that if 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 jesse marsh that becomes a specialty that's called job security because that's always exactly. going to be that's yeah well so you can go from team to team every year and if you can successfully you know have a good percentage of taking teams that are in regulation relegation or bottom 10 into like you know not top 10, but middle of the table. So don't get relegated. I mean, there's money in that. Oh, yeah. There's always somebody Definitely. who's going to want to not, not, not be relegated. So. Definitely. Um, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but we had a 
Uh, postponed match happened. It was supposed to happen a long time ago. Arsenal and Man City. This was when the Queen passed away and they knocked off like oh, however long that was, a couple weeks worth of matches. Um, things were a lot different way back then than they are now with uh, Arsenal and Man City kind of fighting for that that win of the entire league. And uh, Man City gets the win, three to one. Uh, Arsenal hosted this thing. I I put the uh, De Bruyne chip. I don't know if you got a chance, any of you got a chance to see this or listeners. It's it's a thing of beauty. Just completely catches the keeper, flat footed and mm, tasty. It's a it's a pretty pretty goal. Um, Holland, of course, just does what he does. He actually ends up on his butt, like sprawled out. It's, it's kind of funny. His, his final position. Cause it looks like he just like slipped on a banana peel, but the banana peel was the, was the ball that went in the goal. <laughs> um, so yeah, Man City gets the win for a very brief time. They jumped Arsenal. I think they tied yesterday, if I'm, I'm not mistaken, and Arsenal won. So we're going to have this back and forth now. So be who's up, who's down, who's up, who's down. Uh, any comments there? I'm just thinking, you know, like overall, you know, I mean, Arsenal is, is I don't know, like Arsenal plays like, like you don't know which team's going to show up. You know what I mean? They can, they they can be, cons- they can't be consistent. That's the problem that I'm seeing with yep. them right now. Yeah. It's, it's that consistency that kills them. Like, like, and I, and I think they're, you know, they're in a, they're in a no person land, right? This is all new to them actually being, you know, in a position to to win a title, right? And so, I think there's a lot of young players that are on that team that are great, and it's just it just needs to figure out the consistency of what's really works for them and stick to it. Because yeah. Man City is just, you know, Jesus, it's just like <laughs> I don't know. You know, you they they have so much money and so much things, and who knows where they're going to be next year? Because Santi is actually trying to figure out which team he wants, which EPL team he wants to be in, thanks to FIFA and World Cup and everything. And, and he's got his eye on Man City, but he's like, but they're going to be kicked out of the league. I'm like, <laughs> if um, if there was justice in the world. Right. I, that's I, what I, I said. Like, that's exactly I was <laughs> like, buddy, as much as, as it should be the right, that's not going to happen. And, yeah. like, and then like, and then G got into the conversation. I was like, well, what do you think is going to happen? I was, like, I was like, do you know how much they spent? Yeah. Like, like close to four hundred million dollars. I was like, where else would the league get that kind of <laughs> kind of cash cow to keep on doing that stuff? Seriously, it is like nowhere. I was like, so, so at a business purpose, it doesn't make sense to kick them out. Sure, you know, sure you can threaten them with relegation. Sure, I mean, the, I think the thing that's going to happen in Man City is they're going to get points taken away. The, the AC Milan mm. thing and all the other stuff. That's probably the best result out of that. But they're not getting kicked out of the EPL. There's no way. I doubt. I doubt it. Um, let's go to uh, ja- Jakub Jankto, uh, Sparta Prague midf- midfielder, uh, comes out as gay. Big deal. Uh, this doesn't happen very often. Had a big conference or police posted on se- social media that he says, quote, I want to live my life in freedom without fears, without prejudice. I'm a homosexual and I'm no longer and I no longer want to hide myself. So good on him. Got pretty. I mean, you guys are on the Twitters, so you probably know better than I do. And I'm sure there were some terrible homophobic takes but for at least from what i could see um a lot of support yeah and i mean uh some of it you can question whether it's uh performative support um versus genuine ah. premier league account as I have a feeling well you're as... talking about a federation international yeah. de football <laughs> see. See. uh <laughs> 
Yeah, so FIFA says we stand with you. Premier League says we stand with you. Uh, and we all know uh, pretty much where they actually stand. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, there were there were plenty of, of positive responses to it. There's always, uh, if you post so much as a pride flag, there's nasty responses. So um, those are to be expected at this point, unfortunately. But um yeah i mean we'll we'll see how things go i think it's you know it's always kind of a a learning curve um in how people in how organizations i should say leagues actually respond to these uh to these things so we'll see yeah good on him um happy for him and soldier yes yeah he He shouldn't have to do more of it honestly exactly yeah but that's good we need the trailblazers um i know bridget's got to move here so i'm gonna go fast i'll do champions league quickly here uh round of 16 started off we did uh we had milan and tottenham uh tottenham or actually milan rather wins this thing with a very very early goal in the seventh minute defensive breakdown uh diaz puts it away after that it's kind of just scramble scramble it got pretty pretty uh feisty at some moments but milan gets the win um actually a little similar with psg and Bayern. um Bayern win this thing one nil but it was very much the the psg show they just didn't have the luck to actually get the goal and even win or tie um the coman goal is beautiful if you haven't seen it it's this great cross and he actually just blasts it off the ground um then you had in the second half it was all psg i can't remember how many shots on goal there were there were a lot Sommer, by far, is the MVP. I think he had at least 10 saves, probably more than that. The crossbar had two or three saves. Mbappe hit the bar. Messi hit the bar. Messi was saved. Mbappe scored, but then it was VAR and called back. So, I mean, it was just they weren't doing anything wrong. They just couldn't get the goal to tie or win. <laughs> so, so Bayern squeaks away with, with the 1-0 win. Um, on Wednesday... It was uh, Dortmund and Chelsea. Dortmund win this thing 1-0. There was some – I had to rewatch this one a couple times just because there was some weirdness with Thiago Silva in the 15th minute. He goes up for a header. I, I, I think he pushes off. He might have elbowed somebody. I'm not sure, but he gets carded early for whatever that action was. And from then, it's just kind of downhill. I think, Rodrigo, you were kind of alluding to it. That's Chelsea's just having all these issues and kind of imploding. Um yeah, João Felix also hits hits the post a bunch. Yeah, go ahead. No, I mean like they've won like two or three games in the last like what twelve games I think, and so it's like yeah, it's 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 they don't know. I mean João Felix is, is is a great player, but just overall there's just so so much inconsistency, and I'm pretty he can't sure carry it, the team. He's he's no, not the guy. Right. Yeah. No, and I think it's just, you know, a lot of people, a lot of players, you know, they listen to things, what's going on. And I don't, I think that coach has lost the locker room. So it's like, yeah, you know, I'm that pretty would, sure that, that that's, that's the other thing that that's going to happen next is Chelsea's going to need a new coach, but. Mm-hmm. Um, Benfica, uh, they win. Oh, Club Bruges host this thing. Uh, Benfica win it 2-0. Um, uh, to Bruges' credit, they played a great first half defensively stout solid nil nil halftime and then excuse me Benfica get an early PK and that kind of wakes up the team when they realize that they're actually playing a match um Nadis has a great uh goal where he splits the two two defenders and puts it away so there's your two nil Benfica win 
And that uh, takes care of that Champions League quick wrap. We'll do another round here this week. Um, here's some some bad news, some really terrible news, in fact. Uh, I, don't, I don't know how to pronounce Arne Espiel, I think, Belgian goalkeeper uh, for which side is it? I know it's in the uh, Brabant. Um, Winkel Sport B, I think they're in the second division, Belgium. Yeah. And he, he passes away age 25 after saving a penalty. I, I don't have a lot of news on this, Bridget, but I'll, I'll kick it to you if you know anything more. But what a tragedy. Uh, not much has really been released. Um, we know he's, he stopped a penalty and everything seemed fine. And then he collapsed uh, on the field. Uh, obviously, they much like the Erickson situation, uh, trainers came in, CPR, AED, all of that. Uh, took him to the hospital, but he was pronounced dead um, at the hospital. So, uh, and of course, the usual discourse around that, as we have seen, um, you know, in the age of COVID. Uh, yeah, another just strange, tragic situation. Yeah. They haven't, they haven't said anything if it was like a TBI or anything. I wonder if he landed on his head or neck or... Who knows? Oh, that's scary, though. God. <sighs> um, yep. Well, let's let's just do the terrible ones all together here. Um, we should, let's throw these together. So, um, Christian Atsu, who uh, who does he currently play for? I'm not even sure. He has played for Chelsea and Newcastle. Um, the Turkish team whose name I can't okay. pronounce. Okay. Yeah. So he, we're gonna have coverage from uh justin's gonna do a, a thing on the the terrible tragedy through uh, turkey syria and kurdistan the earthquake and all the lives lost i think we're close to fifty thousand at this point just absolutely horrendous um but yeah we lost this uh Ghanaian player that used to play for um those two teams chelsea and newcastle and now in turkey and i, I think was on the, the team for the world cup in fact i don't know if he actually got any time but i think he was on that squad uh, another tragedy. R.I.P. Rodrigo, did you ever pay attention to this guy when he was on Newcastle? Christian? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, it was. It was. You know. He had some good moments. He was a good player, but just overall, like I think overall, the thing is, is that, you know, and I think Bridget tweeted this out or sent it to me or I forget what it was when we put it on Instagram, you know, how like, you know, he 24 hours before had scored the winning, winning goal for his team. And then he decided to stay to celebrate. And then 24 hours later, you know, earthquake. Yes, happens. that's right. So that's right. No, it's the sliding doors. Ugh. Tragic. Um, uh, going, going back to Arne, there, they yeah. did an autopsy, but they haven't released the cause yet. If they if they found a cause, so there's very little information following that, which is obviously a little a little concerning. But no kidding. Um, yeah, seems like a pretty uh, pretty tame thing right up until he collapsed. So. Well, I'm gonna pull us out of the darkness, and we'll talk briefly. Um, I don't I don't have the full set thing yet for what the uh, sebiafi is doing with all the uh, the anti-racism actions uh on and off the pitch but they have they've met it, it sounds like 
I think T's are still being crossed. The I's are being dotted to actually like have this thing to get moving as we've been talking about for months now with the uh, loss of the point. But what it sounds like is we, we've seen the other things before. We've seen fines. We've seen losing your home field advantage. Those are, those are also baked in. So it'll be that plus that plus the new thing, which is the loss of point, which is like the really big deal that again, I think will reverberate throughout world football. Um, if it's, if it's successful, which I'm thinking it probably will be. Um, so stay tuned. Their season starts. It's, it's coming up. It's closer. It's only a couple weeks now. So they've got to get this thing down so that, so people know what the hell the rules are. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll be back on that one for sure. And at this point, I'm going to throw it to Justin. He's going to talk about uh, what he's going to talk about the earthquake. He's going to talk about uh, Trabzonpor and the amazing uh, TIFO they did and a bunch of other details. So take it away, Justin. I want to thank Eric for allowing me to speak on this topic very close to my heart, the earthquakes in Turkey and Syria. Obviously, having lived there, I have many close Turkish friends and I have many Syrian friends, too, uh, as Turkey has hosted more Syrians than any country in the world. Um, and obviously, this scale of this tragedy is just enormous. Um, I want to talk about a few of the sporting implications. Three men's top flight teams were affected. Two have withdrawn from the league. You probably talked about Hatay Sport because of Christian Atsu, who, as you probably said, was about to leave the club but then stayed after scoring a goal. And um, there's a video of his teammate, Sam Adekube, the Canada international, who um, dove into the snow when Canada beat Mexico, talking about how um, he was with him the night before. And then the next day, the world changes. The club lost their sporting director, too, named Taner Sabut. Um, and... Um, they're a manager of Volkan Demirel who had that confidence in um, Atsu, um, gave this emotional appeal for help and aid a day after the earthquake. And it was kind of iconic because it showed just the real extent of the devastation as the facts were just becoming known as to how bazi this was. A few hours east of them, Gaziantep Football Club uh, will not be playing either, but they did not report any losses uh, of players or staff. Um, and then a uh, a few hours west of, uh, of uh, north and west of Antakya is Adana and Adana Demirspor, that left-wing team I mentioned prior, close to the trade unions in Turkey. Uh, they will continue because that city was not hit as hard. So the football continues in Adana, but not in Antakya or in Gaziantep. In women's football, there are four top-flight teams in this region. So Adana Demirspor, a women's team, they are continuing. Hatay Sports women's team is not because Hatay is just devastated, as we talked about. That's uh, They lost a women's player, too, a youth player named Verda Demetgul, as well as a few men's youth players, Fatih John and Hamza Surer, just giving a few names out of the many, many that have lost, have been lost across, across the regions that were hit. And then in Gaziantep, Ale Gayspor, who are the defending Turkish football champions for women's football, uh, will also not be back. They have not reported any losses, thankfully. Um, uh, four years ago, I was at a hotel in Diyarbakir, which is Turkey's largest Kurdish majority city. And Ale Gayspor was across from me at the breakfast table because uh, they were playing Ahmed Sportif, who are a Kurdish nationalist or Kurdish cultural oriented club in that city. Uh, their men's team is in the lower division, but their women's team is in the top flight. I have not heard if they are continuing or not, but Diyarbakir was hit badly as well. Uh, the city of Malatya was hit bad, and they 
have a team in the second division that was just relegated a year ago. They lost their goalkeeper, Ahmet Eyup Turkaslan. Um, and um, so there are many, many layers to this tragedy. Um, Turkish women's football is not as developed as other sports in Turkey. Turkey has the best women's volleyball league in the world, or one of the best, along with Italy, and a very good women's basketball league. You have players like Brianna Stewart playing for Fenerbahce and Chelsea Gray playing for a team called Chukarova in Mersin. But women's football is is progressing, and I, I wanted to highlight both men's and women's players in this in this message. Um, there have been other tragedies too. Uh, including a, an entire youth volleyball team from Turkish North Cyprus that was wiped, uh, that was killed when a their hotel collapsed in the province of Adiaman. Uh, a professional women's basketball player for a team in Ankara, Chankaya University, uh, Nilay Idolan, died because it was the international break for women's basketball, and she went to visit her grandma in Malatya. So, also, and then. Amputee football, where Turkey is a leader with a 14-team professional top flight. Three Iranians and one Cameroonian died playing for the uh, – because they played in the city of Malatya, um, uh, which is one of the top flight clubs in amputee football. Um, so uh, – there and all the clubs have come together to try to um, – Improve to you know raise money. Uh, the 17 year old Fenerbahce player Arda Guler donated six million lira, which is about three hundred thousand mm-hmm. uh, dollars. And I hope that all the petty squabbles in Turkish football uh, are put to the side. I think the Tifo at the Trabzonspor Basel match in the Conference League was a sign of solidarity and a sign of thanks to the rest of the world. And um, obviously, the situation is more complicated in Syria because both the rebel and regime areas were hit. But overall, this loss of life is just tremendous, and we can only hope that sport plays a productive role in bringing people together uh, despite and uh, despite the scale of the tragedy. So uh, my thoughts go out with the tens of thousands on both sides of the border uh, who have perished and with their families and loved ones who will have many empty chairs uh, as the months and years go forward. It's a true tragedy. Thank you for your time. Okay, we are back. Thank you for that. Um, we're just going to wrap things up with some positive things here. Uh, Women's World Cup are doing their uh, intercontinental playoffs for the last three positions. Uh, there's still a few that have to be that are to be determined, but uh, here's kind of where we stand right now. It's a little confusing. Bridget and I were working on it before recording, and it took a solid 10 minutes, I think, before and, we knew where we were. And we're still not entirely sure. <laughs> that's right. That's right. It's a little, it's a little messy. <laughs> um, Paraguay did beat, uh, depending on where your world socio-political perspective is, Chinese Taipei, aka Taiwan, um, beat them on penalties, so they are moving on. So they are going to play Panama for a slot. So that'll be Paraguay versus Panama for one of those. Uh, the other one will be Cameroon versus Portugal. And then the third one and final one will, will be Chile versus Haiti. That's so those be are, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they all seem really interesting. Yeah, I, I think no. it's kind of dope. Go ahead, please. No, I, I've, I've seen Chile play uh, in the recent uh, tournaments they've had, and uh, they're, they're, a, they're a feisty group. And so yeah. they're very physical, but they're also, you know, they got some shooters. So once they get the balls and they get the, tri- the attacking triangles in form, they're, they're a pretty decent team. So. Mm-hmm. 
potential for two more uh, Kome Bowls to sneak in there as well. And as we've talked about many times on the show, for Kome Bowl teams to get paid, that's a big deal. So it'd be, it'd be well, nice. Well, for, for any, any teams to get paid. <laughs> for deal. any teams to get paid. That is <laughs> so, well said. So I'm all for it. Just let them all in so they all can get paid. There you go. Uh, Santa Foundation. I don't know who put this one in. Rodrigo, Bridget? Uh, that was me. Go um, for it. So I think last week, I think we just talked off air about the uh, um, the death at Harding High School and their closure for the week. Um, so the school is supposed to reopen on Wednesday uh, and they opted to, to stay closed an additional two days to put resources in place for returning kids. Um, so multiple recreation centers uh, throughout the city actually open their doors to students so they could uh, get out of the house, but go go play together and hang out, uh, including Conway. Uh, Tony Sane opened up uh, Conway and let them play soccer and basketball in the dome and, and just hang out. Um, his Gala for Goals was actually last just last night, Saturday night. Um, but another example of kind of St. Paul coming together to 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 do some more good for these kids and Mm -hmm. um, all the interviews that I saw with him, he just emphasized, like, we just need to, you know, remind them that most of us are here for them and love them and want to help them and get to know them and, and kind of help, help uh, not exactly solve the situation, but kind of, kind of smooth things over so that we can prevent these things in the future. I mean, if you ever want to see something wonderful, is like sometimes go on Saturday mornings uh, and just walk into the into the Conway Dome, and then you'll just yeah. see from little ones to big kids to people just messing around on one side of the field. Is you know, and it's all done like you know, some of it's done mostly volunteer bases, but overall, like yeah, um, impressive what they've been willing to do and the hardships that also the Santa Foundation has had because you know there was a fire one point and you know they they were also dealing with you know someone um being attacked or hurt right outside yeah the, there was the a center. shooting like right so, outside so i mean like and you know it's it's uh it reminded me of this article um that i saw in which they said that last year um since everyone was sort of fading back some of the pandemic rules and and, and, and stuff like that that um the same poll Parks and Rec decided to not charge any fees for team registrations. And their, you know, teams, you know, sports that barely could field a team now had to figure out where they can get more coaches to field five. I think that was some of the the biggest, biggest things because um, it it gives parents who want to give them the kids the opportunity to be somewhere and be safe and, and, and enjoy doing other stuff don't have to figure out where's the you know even though it's a low amount where's the 30 dollars going to come from right and right. what's that other stuff and so like and i'm hoping that st paul parks and rec does that again just because it's if they if they do i'm more than likely going to um volunteer my time to, to do some coaching as well too because i think it's important i grew up in a place where I didn't get any access to that. I didn't access to field and all the other stuff. And so mm-hmm. like being part of the St. Paul Parks and Recs programs has always, you know, been been something that that um, 
but it's intertwined. Like everyone's intertwined in the sense of like everyone knows in a sense somebody that, that works there or does that. So right. a sense of community that 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 needs to be continued specifically for our, our, our youth. I always wonder when tra traumatic events happen like this. And I'm kind of starting to wade into the the mental health care field, and and I I, I wonder how or if counselors and therapists get mobilized for things like this because my goodness they they should be out there not just with the kids but with the parents with anybody affected by the things like this i i don't know how that all plays out i'm just yeah i mean the putting it out there i know that the school districts usually have people on call and like additional resources on top of you know the one or two counselors or whoever who might be um at the school full-time but um, it won't be enough so I, that's the thing it'll be no, inundated yeah yeah and i mean all the stories about harding have been you know their their first day back on friday was going to be about being together talking through some things getting comfortable uh trying to heal from the whole thing they're not you know just trying to jump in and go right back to math class and science and all that's that good that's yeah that's good. yeah and they've been and that's the teacher's were there that that whole week kind of dealing with some of that stuff themselves. Uh, they did announce they're making some resources more available to parents as well. So parents know, you know, how to talk to their kids about these things, um, which I think, I mean, I think the kids absorb a lot more of it than we realize and we don't know that, you know, they're already thinking these things. Um, confirm, yes. Yeah, yeah. And most of like the interviews with the kids at at Conway were they're all just like, yeah, I mean, we we just need something to take our minds off of it for a little while. And right. they interviewed a couple of kids who play on the soccer team and they're like, when we're on the field, it all goes away. So today we are here on the field and it's all it's all gone. We'll deal with it later. Um so that's that's huge. It really speaks to uh not only the community stepping in, but also sport as a tool. Uh, right. to use that, which obviously is like the mission of, of the Sonofan Foundation in general. But, Aww, yeah. look at you, Bridget, um, tying it together. Good job. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I, and I think it's But yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's going to be even more important, like coming back from the pandemic, first off, uh, kind of making up for last time for a lot of these kids um, and for lost resources. Um, and then, you know, all these other things in the way that our world is now. And, and and just to, to to talk to you guys about being a coach in the St. Paul Public Schools is like, you know, as a coach, when you get the kids for, you know, two hours a day, you become their social worker, you become their therapist, mm -hmm. right? And like, you need to, I need to be aware of like, the resources that are out there. I also need to, you know, at points, put my adult hat and my parent hat all at the same time and be like, listen, this is something that we need to do. This is something that we want you to take care of, you know, this is something that you need supported. Just, just, you know, let us know. And, and, and that creates um, a much tighter bond between your athletes and, and people or the or whoever kid that's out there that understands that, you know, there's people out there that want to listen to them and help them. And I think that just eases the, the the anxiety of, of, of how all these type of situations will class and my heart goes out to Harding. Harding is a good school. They got great 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 people running it in a sense, right? Like some of the people that are at Como came from Harding, right? And I think it's it's um it's just right now it is it, it is 
you know, we've talked about the whole pandemic aspect of, of violence, and, uh, but now that it's 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 reached a whole new level, and I think that's uh, that's something that you know I wasn't prepared for or trained for in that matter, and I think a lot of us were, and so like none of us were. If, no. if, if 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 sports or if physical activity can be an outlet, like you said, uh, Bridget, to release some of this anxiety, release all this stuff then we should make that ex- extremely accessible to everyone else. And I think that's yeah. why the, the model from the simple public, public parks is, is perfect. Like that motivates me to be like, yo, I'm on a volunteer just because yeah. I know they're going to be short-sighted and I want kids to be able to get a good experience. So that's, that's yeah, one I, thing. And that, that, that talks about also all the other things that are happening, you know, with other um, uh, sports organizations that are doing things in a volunteer places, the TC Souls, you know, the car NFA, you know, the, um, uh, all the other, you know, the monarchs at one point, right? Like all these other organizations that are doing um, things for kids, uh, you know, uh, to, to have them, you know, just be on a, on a pitch or be on a, on a court to be able to just yeah, have I mean, that if you're, moment of clarity. If you're there for them when they don't necessarily need you urgently, then they know that you're there for them in these situations when you do need them. So you build those relationships before that stuff happens uh, to help prevent it, but also to kind of expedite the process after the fact, um, should that happen. So uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of bad things happening uh, in general, but also lots of good things coming out of it. And I think more people are investing in those resources and realizing how important they are. We just keep getting one example after another um, that we really shouldn't need, but that's that's where we are, so. Well, that's a good note to end on. Um, thank you both of, to both of you, as always, Bridget and Rodrigo. Um, glad you got to jump in, Rodrigo. <laughs> like, yeah, right on time, timing. just like, boom, for his thing. And uh, thank you, listeners, for sticking around. We'll do it again next week. Patreon.com backslash MN Football Show is the spot if you want to financially support this program and uh we'll get out of here and everybody enjoy the week snow is coming yeah the what what does he call it the oppressive whiteness that rodrigo loves so much <laughs> yeah zero to that? 14 inches of oppressive oh, oh it's, it's, no, it's no longer zero 78 thank god okay i can deal with you know <laughs> <laughs> i didn't realize it was up to 78 that's funny at one point the models were like we can get you to zero to 78 inches like great uh, yeah yeah i was like 14, yeah, great. I, you know what that reminds me? Guys, I got to go. I got to go fix my snowblower, okay? I was going to say, 78 inches, they probably would restart the ski season, actually. Like, you know what? <laughs> We're not done yet. We'll just, we'll just do another season. Yes, yes. Yeah, All I, right, can't wait I saw a video of um, of a corgi snow tunnel, right? Yes. And I want you to make a bigotes snow tunnel. And let's I mean, he kind of has that. one he, it, in the in the m- massive Quincy Fort thing that's out here. It kind of is one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got to get out because there's a guy places to go. Ciao. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. <laughs>